This week's episode of the Star Wars Report is brought to you by the good folks supporting us over on patreon.com slash Report. Let's do the show, folks. Come, come, come. And who might you be? It's the Star Wars Report. Star Wars Report. Woo! Star Wars Report. The place for Star Wars news, features, interviews, and more. Then we can do something epic. Good morning. Good afternoon. Good evening. Please delete as appropriate. The Force. It's calling to you. Just let it in. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Star Wars Report podcast. Hope you're having a good new uh, good new year so far. I'm your host, Riley Blanton, for this week's episode, and we're continuing our multi-part series as we revisit The Last Jedi. Uh, now, this is Bruce and my uh, commentary. We recorded this while I was on Christmas break back in Atlanta, Georgia, live in person, so I uh, hope you enjoy. Hey, uh, big thanks to everyone making this uh, podcast possible over at Patreon dot com slash star wars report i want to b- give a big shout out to you guys and mention right here at the top of the show if you would like to have the entire audio file for this uh commentary so you can sync it up and watch it with your blu-ray or if you want to stream a picture in picture um video version that i just edited together uh, i've posted both of those over at patreon.com slash star wars report and if patreon's not your thing Hey, shoot me an email, Riley at StarWarsReport.com, and I'll send you those links just uh, as a way of thanking you for being a listener to the podcast. But uh, either way of those works to catch the full commentary. But uh, regardless, here's part two of the uh, Last Jedi commentary as Bruce and I revisit it here in the new year. May the Force be with you. This is the Star Wars Report podcast. Aren't you a little short for a stormtrooper? Salden, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, no. Okay, so now we get back to the plan that's hashing. This is the Finn and Rose subplot beginning right okay, here. This is, one thing, this is one scene I do have an issue with. Which? Wh- why is that? Well, because when they go to ca- call Maz Kanata, oh, yeah? it's uh-huh. Poe's idea when I think it should have been Finn's because Finn just met her and was just there. Yeah. Well, I think that's part of the thing of where, like, one thing this film's done a good job of, it, sh- it just shows that Finn cares about his friend Ray, right? And that's sort of like the thrust of this is that he wants to find Ray. He found the tracking beacon for right. He cares about her. But a lot of the scenes with Finn and the conflict with his character, his character arc is about him discovering the reason to fight. Right. That's the whole line at the end of the movie, whereas you know it's about fighting for whatever Rose's line is at the end. Um, and and his he doesn't believe he doesn't really have the he doesn't believe in the cause yet yes. right it's good guys bad guys right and that's and they do a decent job but they, it really sells them short because they kind of gloss over it like they gloss over the fact that he's just in this foray that he's not really part of the cause because the whole first part of this movie you see him do nothing but help out the resistance and be part of the resistance right and hatch this plan to help the resistance you don't really see the hesitance for him to join the cause so the moment that he um starts to sacrifice himself to go for the miniaturized death star tech and the moment that he's betrayed right those Mm -hmm. two kind of independent moments would have been way more impactful if we had seen him as much more the han solo like i don't believe in your cause here 
Um, it's the same thing that made the Han Solo swooping in at the last second in A New Hope in the trench run so awesome is because that whole conversation is like, hey, kid, you know, I'm just, well, you take care of yourself, Han. Guess it's what you're best at. You know, that, that character arc. But here, Finn's already the good guy. He's already um, helping the Resistance and, uh, like, a part of the team. The other thing I don't like about this scene <laughs> is, and this is what, and I really don't like this about the scene, mm. is Finn goes on about, hey, you know, uh, you know, there's this thing on the ship that could track, blah, 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 blah. It needs to be disabled. We have a plan, blah, blah, blah. And Poe's like, okay, then let's go on the ship and disable it. And then Finn's like, yeah, well, you can't because there's no way you can get past all the security. So it, it can't be done. It's like, wait, if it couldn't be done, why did you bring the idea in the first place? Hmm. Uh, I never thought about that. Yeah, to be he goes honest. on and on telling about this idea of the plan, and Poe's like, "All right, I'm in." And then he's like, "Well, yeah, but we can't do it." <laughs> yeah, I honestly never thought about it. Is that something you know? I guess subsequent viewing. Uh, yeah, at least on the second viewing, I would think. But yeah. you know, that's probably the biggest beef I have with the movie. Is that <laughs> <laughs> really the whole thing? <laughs> Uh, we have Except our first my head force canon, time session. In my head canon, I think, well, it's because Poe, Finn was all for it, and then he realized at the last minute, oh, wait, but we can't do that. Forget it. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Because I do that all the time. Hey, you know what? We, we can do blah, 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 blah. Oh, wait, forget We can't do that. We have the uh, our first force timing session. Yeah. Um, now- I didn't know you could do this with the force. Uh, who knew? New powers. Um, I think- Whereas Finn's journey is kind of diluted. It's not bad, but I think a lot of the impact is lost. Um, I um, I think like Ray's and Kylo's, particularly Kylo's arc in this movie are, are good. And I did, Kylo was definitely not one of my favorite parts about The Force Awakens. He's a little irritating of a character and a little over the top for me, I remember. Yeah, I liked him a lot better in this one. Yeah. Um, Plus it helps Ky- to not to have the mask on. Yeah, Kylo, yeah, definitely... I'm driver, a great big, performance. Big upgrade, his both performance and his relationship with with Ray, because it's complicated. It's not black and white, and his relationship with Ray is what ultimately m- makes him willing to off his master and discover his own destiny. But his own destiny isn't well. It, but it, at the same time, it's still not him changing. It's not. It's not Kylo being willing to to join the light side yet he kind of carves out his own his own path his own sort of chaotic neutral and that's what kylo and ray's relationship is about through all these various you know force timing sessions it's as they sort of meet in the middle he kind of expresses himself and they let the past die kill it if you have to that's the kind of thing where it's it's him not choosing dark side or light side and being converted one way or the other. It's him sort of finding and carving out his own destiny, which becomes equally frustrating later when he doesn't side with Ray, but he sides with Ray. It's kind of a weird middle ground a little bit. Uh, and now we have another lesson from Luke Skywalker, which I actually thought was pretty funny. It was good, but also one of the more humorous things uh, that we got. Sorry about that. I just had to take a phone call. Oh, no, so I was disguising it perfectly, man. You could have just, just rolled right into on. it. They would not have known. That, ladies and gentlemen, when I was monologuing there, that was Bruce on the phone. But listen, it's it's live. It's live to hard drive. It's a uh, commentary. We can't edit. Uh, 
That's that's how this works. Um, this is lesson one. Yeah, lesson one, where Ray learns that the Force isn't exactly what we think of as the Force. I like this scene. Don't you like this scene? I thought it was good because it's sort of like, that's what kids these days think of the Force, right? The Force is lightsabers and lifting rocks and... And he's just trying to sort of get back to the more spiritual elements of the Force. Again, a very Qui-Gon-esque worldview that Luke has adopted I like that we keep talking about Qui-Gon. I never thought about Qui-Gon at all in relation to this movie until we started this commentary. Yeah, me either. Um, But his whole thing about the Force, of of reaching out, a very sort of living Force. And of course she does it literally. Which I thought was funny. (laughs) (laughs) It's the Force. I mean, which I like. Have you seen the director? You've seen the director on the Jedi, right? The, the documentary that came with this it was the one that kind of chronicles Ryan Johnson and yes, Mark Hamill's. I did. Ons- yes, it's interesting seeing the Lucasfilm produced version of it because even that, they didn't really shy away from the fact that how much Mark was struggling with uh with the film right but like i watched on youtube i literally on youtube before we watched this um i (laughs) i went in and was watching a bunch of different videos but like some of those compilations of mark hamill's interviews and stuff i love how you did all this prep for it and i did nothing (laughs) yeah (laughs) you're welcome ladies and gentlemen um no it was is bad like people who try to minimize mark's dislike of this take on Luke Skywalker are wrong. Like he was not a fan. When you when you see his interviews and stuff, he's like, Well, I almost had to think of him as like another Skywalker, like Jake Skywalker. I mean, Luke would never do that, you know? It's like I don't understand. He was he did not make many bones about it. Even like their clips and again, I was you and I were in these celebration panels with Mark Hamill. I remember I think it was Celebration Europe. Rogue One had already come out. Right? Yes. So Celebration Europe. No, that was leading up to Rogue One. What year? It was summer 2016. Yeah. Orlando was leading into this one. Yeah, that's right. But, like, we saw the panel, and I don't remember catching it at the time, but the clip had elements of, like, before the movie even came out, Mark not really being a fan. But that's also, like, the media age we live in. Like, if if this were 1977, we wouldn't really know Mark Hamill's opinion about Luke Skywalker. Right. We wouldn't be watching all the clips on YouTube. Hmm. Did she go straight to the dark? What did she do? I don't understand what just happened. If I'm honest, a lot of this stuff with Rey on Octu is in tight. Um... It's weird. Even just the way it's shot, like that yeah. whole water thing and the seeing the hole of darkness into the island. Uh, but I guess the significance is here. She kind of discovers that he's closed himself off from the force. almost took this as if she, she can tap into, like there's this divide of light and dark side, but hmm. she can tap into both that she's more in the middle. Maybe. Yeah. But she doesn't get sucked into the dark side. She can witness it and accept it without getting sucked into it. But then again, she gets sucked into 
that hole, which I guess is the dark side. I don't know. Yeah. There's so many things, but even when I saw The Empire Strikes Back as a kid, it took me years to really come to terms with how that whole thing happened on Dagobah with Luke going into the cave and what that really meant. Yeah. That's true. That was kind of trippy, too. A little more straightforward, though, than the stuff here. I love the little porgs making a mess. (laughs) And, And a nest. I think there's the amount of pork humor was perfect. If they'd done any more, it would have been too much. Yeah. But otherwise, it was it was about right. Hmm. Oh, force time session number two. Hmm. This is an interesting way to reconcile them being at a distance because it gives them so much history by the time they actually meet once again because they don't see each other the last time they were physically near each other was the collapse of Starkiller base and they're not going to be in each other's physical presence again until he's bringing her before Snoke wouldn't it have been better if they named uh, Snoke uh, Skype (laughs) since he's responsible for their communication from a yeah. distance. Well, and I it's also one of those things of like, how are you doing this? This distance would kill you. Um, impl- which I guess implies that Snoke is very, very powerful. I still, I, if I'm honest, I still have questions about Snoke. So do I. I would have, that, that I'd be curious to know. Like, I don't think it hurts the film that we didn't find out, but I, I, I don't know, I see it. Oh, and we see uh, the rain droplets. There's a lot of very George Lucas transitions, the wipes in this film, if you watch it again. Oh, here we go. Canto Bite. Guys, I'm going to check out for a little bit. The best part of the movie. Sure. (laughs) No, I'm kidding. I enjoy. It didn't bother me. It didn't. Bethany's more of a defender of this sequence than I am. She enjoys this part of the movie. But I would say that, I mean, it didn't bother me when I watched the movie, but it's probably my least favorite part of the movie, but it's not that I don't like it. Hmm. Yeah. Especially when I was in Las Vegas this past summer, and I'll be back there again in a couple weeks, uh, walking around the casinos, I kept thinking of Cano Bite. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I also didn't care for the Cano Bite book either. <laughs> I love the music. Um, it is a really cool design. I like that. I love all the Dubrovnik stuff. Um, there was. What do you think of the idea of the Codebreaker should have been Lando? Uh, well, the Codebreaker doesn't really. The one that they're yeah, that would have been pretty cool. Yeah, but I mean, he didn't really have a role in this. Yeah, but it would have been. I guess a little interesting to go in there and there's a brief appearance of Lando and they don't end up with Lando. Well, yeah. Because like, as far as like having kids of characters, so far we only have Kylo Ren, which is like a tragic plot. We don't know about Rey. It would be interesting to see a Calrissian Jr. Because I think that would have been more interesting if you were going to have that. It would be like Calrissian Jr. as the code, code breaker. But then again, I could see myself saying, but it makes the universe feel smaller. Mm. You know, that we keep yeah. running into the same people or family members or... 
Yeah. We have actual, like, horse racing. So, for Father Years, we see, like, the one bad dude uh, using a bullwhip with them, and that's sad. But otherwise, they seem to have a pretty great life. I don't feel that sorry for them. <laughs> yeah, Like, yeah. racehorses are some of the best-treated creatures on the planet. That's essentially what they are. I guess they're just using the whips, which makes it, like, right here, which makes them mean. And the little kid is trying to get him not to... Oh. That kid's going to grow up and be something someday. I'm calling it right now. I could care less if we see the kid. Again. <laughs> but but what about, what about a, like, a great, say, epilogue in a Star Wars movie? Do you like that idea? Should we just do that? Let's do that. Maybe. <laughs> except, except they do. Um, nah, yeah. yeah. No, yeah. I don't have a problem with the kid. I just don't want it to be a thing like in f- a future movie or like he's now the big hero. Well, I don't know. Maybe that would be A okay. spin-off comic, perhaps. Maybe I'd be okay with that, I guess. Now yeah. think about it. So you uh, want that to be Lando I or Lando's son or something. That'd right? be kind of cool. That would have been cool. I mean, he's, it just seems to be the right kind of character. Those are the shuttle parkers. Whoops. Or what if that was Lando? Yep. <laughs> Yeah, those are the shuttle parkers. <laughs> oh. No, the more I'm thinking about it, that really would have been great if that were Lando. I think it would have been great. Yeah. Calrissian. But it would have felt a little, you know, cameo type forced yeah. in a little bit, but it yeah, been cool. We see, at least in that scene, we get to see Finn a little bit more, like, intrigued and entranced by the world and interested, and he's still not, like, on the cause. So they do they do show it some. I feel like they just could have done more or better. I just want, I want more on Rey. I just, I just, why is she so good? Why is she so powerful? Why do Jedi go through all this training to get to a point that she got to just, what, days, weeks because this is right after the force awakens remember she just discovered her force powers like in the past week or so i think it's a little more time than that so what between the time we see her on jakku to this point how much time do you think has gone by i assumed it was like at least a month maybe a couple okay months. so a month but within a month mm-hmm. she has she's able to do more than jedi who were training on coruscant that had been there for years yeah. You know? I mean, Luke didn't, wasn't like this after a month. Uh, It's not a complaint. It's a thing that I want to know more of. Like, is she not the chosen one, but or is she a chosen one? There, what, there's something about her that we still don't know. Yeah, I mean, the explanation to me was always the fact of, like, darkness rises and light to meet it. Like, Snoke is like, oh, I, I knew that uh, the light would rise to rival you and that to me was always sort of like the balance of the force thing in that the force is channeling through her but it's like the living force she's a vehicle for the force to do its will no and i totally agree but why didn't that happen why wasn't luke the light during the darkness of vader himself off the force no i'm talking about in the new hope and empire he wasn't this powerful in a month yeah that's true hmm 
I'm just saying that the whole thing about her parents are nobody. She comes from nowhere or whatever. To me, I feel like there's something more about her, just like there well, was Well, and knowing Anakin. that J.J. Abrams is doing episode nine, I think you have your shot at actually seeing a little bit more. And that's what I'm hoping for. Yeah. But do you think... And, like, here she's trying to explain to... Um, explain to him that, you know, you saw the good, good invader and he's still not having it. But she, he get, does at least explain, like, what happened with his failure with Kylo. It is something that would have been better to see rather than him say in dialogue. That's the universal rule in movies. Well, you need to talk to Ryan Johnson about that. I'll, I'll have a and chat. Let me, call, let me call him up real quick. It's an easy trap to fall into, though. We do get a flashback, though. A first. I didn't even think about it the first time I watched the movie, though. Um, do you think it's weird that he, like, drew his lightsaber on him? I guess that we see Ky- that's more Kylo's version of events. Yeah, but no, I don't think it's weird. Mm. Do you? Out of character, maybe? No. Because he drew his lightsaber at Vader. Yeah, if you saw if you saw Kylo as like a potential Vader. But again, it was just brief. You know. For the briefest of moments is how he explains it. Because I was Luke Skywalker. He kind of spits it out with disgust there. Hmm. A, a legend of air power. Wait, no, that's something from the Air Force. Um. Hmm. I'm getting sucked in. Man, that was like one of the biggest ripoffs in the trailer. Of intercutting that line with Kylo Ren. Yeah. The lighting even looks the same, right? Yep. Well, I remember I was talking about that with William Devereaux on the show. Yeah. And William was convinced it was the same scene. I said, I bet there are two different scenes. He's like, no, That's you can right. tell you from the right. You were right about that. You have bragging rights on that. <laughs> I do have bragging I rights I forgot about it. this. <laughs> and then the Gungan technology is still working on the shields here. And uh, I like the demonstration of the the failure of the... The fuel. It's very Battlestar Galactica. Yes. I think feels. about that every time, at least once. The shield at the beginning of their end. There it goes. Oh. See, that was, that was a good moment for the captain. But it's like, oh... The Admiral's concerned about her people, and all I can think about is the purple hair. I'm not going to lie. You look, see all the people in that frame in this shot? They're all in uniform. (laughs) (laughs) Right. But Uh, then, you know, Mon Mothma isn't in uniform. Was Mon Mothma a military, or was she dignitary? I think she's military. I think the line's kind of blurred. Well, no, because it's not. It would have been General. Ma- it would have been General Matha then, right? Captain Matha or Admiral. I, I don't know. Um, is was Mon Mothma a designation that was Mon Calamari? Mon. I don't, <laughs> I don't, I don't think so. Uh, General. Her kids called her Mon. Well, all the other, I guess, <laughs> ranks are called by their ranks. They say Commander Skywalker 
or Captain Solo or General Skywalker later or what is it um you know Admiral Akbar Yeah, how do you get to be a general so quick? You you be Han Solo. General Solo. You have your tri- strikes team assembled. I just rewatched Return of the Jedi by the way. Uh, I watched the last I watched em- Empire and Jedi recently with my girlfriend who hasn't seen either of these movies since she was a kid. Oh wow. We're slowly going to catch up and then uh, get up to these movies and see what she thinks. Um I'm trying to remember I don't know why but I always I, I was hope- when you started to say she hadn't seen them and then you said since she was a kid. I was hoping you said she'd never seen them at all. Yeah. Cuz I always get excited when no one's seen these movies. She I want to see as well have. She she remembered like key moments but not a lot. Yeah. When we watched them. So, uh, Mon Mothma was chancellor of, well, she became chancellor of the New Republic. Oh, uh, but that doesn't, no. Like she was a senator, New right? Re- senator. The of New Republic, what's that? <laughs> we don't know, because it got blown up. Ex- right exactly. Which we. Mon Mothma military saw, rank. Which I just saw in uh, Lego Star Wars All-Stars. Played by Genevieve O'Reilly, Carrie Fisher, Caroline Blackiston, and others. I interviewed. Uh, Carolyn Blakiston once. Let's see, Mon Mothma. You, you interviewed her f- uh, t- at interviewed Celebration her Five to be on the Star Wars. Report. Yeah, I was gonna say if she, she was, was worthy be of being host. a guest. Oh, I thought she was gonna be a host. She was uh, nope served in the Galactic Senate and Imperial Senate as a representative of Chandrilla, a leader of the Alliance to restore the Republic, and then a Chancellor of the New Republic. Yep. So she was always on the political side. But see, that's how I think. Again, of Paul, I rest though. my case, sir. I think I don't know. I think the thing with Haldo. Sorry to get stuck on it, but the thing with Haldo is that, especially in whatever that book was, was it Leia, Princess of Alderaan, with a younger Haldo? Yes, that's it. That's uh, it. Yes. Where isn't she like super, super? She's like um, off the wall. Yeah. So you read the book, right? Yeah, I read the book. She. How's your memory? Of, um. um Oh gosh, her name from Harry Potter. Uh, oh, the off the wall weird professor. Yeah, I can't think of her name now either. <laughs> um, I'm gonna see if we can get a a, a lifeline here, because I he would know both the name of the professor and Admiral Haldo. Uh, not the professor it was a student. Oh, the student. Oh, Luna Lovegood. L- yeah, she was. That's oh. what it reminded me of. Oh, interesting. Let's see if I can get Aaron on. Why not? We'll see if he answers. Hey Aaron, we're doing our last Jedi commentary right now, and I had a I had a clarifying question for you. Yep. Uh, you're on mic, by the way. I should I should specify. Uh, so Admiral Haldo, are there any examples of any Resistance, Im- Imperial, or First Order officers who have military rank but don't wear uniforms? You, I figured you would know. Like, why is she wearing? I'm, really pur- I'm not sure. Yeah. Because. Mon Mothma obviously never really wore anything military, but, but she, was, she wasn't really... Yeah, she was a representative of the Imperial Senate. She wasn't actually... But Leia doesn't wear a uniform. Admiral Ak- she, like, she, she was like, Admiral Ackbar, please. Leia does wear a uniform. Not in this movie, she's not. Yeah, well, when she's in the medical bay, obviously. But no, she's wearing a uniform. Is it a uniform, Aaron? We're arguing about this Ooh. a lot. Leia. Leia, Leia doesn't wear a uniform. Uh, yeah. I guess so. She is a general. That's technically an example. I thought of it as a uniform, but I guess it's not. It doesn't have the resistance ranks. I guess, like, so Admiral Haldo's, like, weird look stems from, like, stuff in the early script and, like, 
Leia, Princess of Alderaan, because I know you read that. I didn't. Um, isn't she like a yeah. weird Luna Lovegood type weirdo character in that book? And they were doing that at first, yeah. and they kind of changed it. She's, yeah, she's definitely quirky in the in that book, and they did not carry that over. At least her personality didn't carry over into the movie, but her look, I think, but, maybe did. Which is maybe why that look feels so out of place to me when I see it. Yeah, it would have fit better with a quirkier personality, I think. Yeah, well, exactly, and I think. For me, I'm not a person that doesn't take away from the fact that I think Poe was a lot in the wrong and was insolent and insubordinate. But at the same time, like as a character in her look and stuff, it's kind of super unprofessional. I'm glad they toned it down. I think it would have been worse if it was weird like that. But Bruce and I were just having an argument about it, and I figured you would be able to have insight on it. We weren't really fighting. but Yeah, I think in the resistance, uh, military uniforms are optional. I guess so. At least I, for some, I, I guess the higher up you get, the more casual. It's kind of like, it's, hey, you know, like I've I've reached this point in my career, I can dress more casual if I feel like it. To be honest, it's not too different from the real military. <laughs> I can actually, <laughs> there there are some parallels. All right, we'll get. I, I'm glad I got to call you because it's distracting me from this Canto Bite sequence. So we burned some time, which there. almost was longer. I, I appreciate it, which I'm glad it's not. <laughs> okay, man. All right, we'll talk soon. Bye. All right, bye, bye. Aaron Goins, everybody. Uh, Mouse and Castle podcast, of course. Star Wars bookworms at Av Goins. I like this. I like this cameo appearance thing. It makes more sense with with her character was just going to be different, but I didn't like the different. So back to Cantabite, they're uh, chasing around. Yeah, um, the scene we saw in the deleted scenes, it was going to be a lot longer. What what was in the deleted scene? There was what? like a bath house. That oh going yeah, to things like I, I didn't mean, think it was that long, but I guess it was. It just would have added a couple minutes or so to it. Yeah, but. The one thing like, I don't like about this scene is like once they get away, they want to get on a ship and leave, and it's like, what changed? Why didn't they say nothing okay, changed? We got around. Let's go back and get the code breaker. Yeah, but instead like they just the come to ship and leave and go. Well, well, we didn't no, do it. because like what's his face here is promised that he can break the code, right? Yeah, so they're just gonna take his word for it, I guess. Well, no, because when they're on the Fathers before this happens with the ship, they're like, okay, there's our ship. Let's get to it. Like, why are they trying to get to their ship? Why aren't they trying to just, like, get back to the casinos to find the code breaker? I know they're being chased. I was going to say, because they're people chasing them? But I guess what they, uh, yeah, I guess. To yeah. get the ship to get away from them and then come back, maybe? I don't know. Uh, I don't know. All those father years there. I, I don't like this again. movie anymore. I, I just, <laughs> just <laughs> because happened? of that discussion. What there, happened? I, you just I, suddenly, like, wait. I just oh, my gosh. Look at Luke. That's not even Luke. Oh, good. Who is that guy? <laughs> it's Jake freaking Skywalker. Um, let's see. Is this lesson two? I'm trying to remember. He's like, this is him reaching out in the forest for the first time, right? Yeah. I thought this was a really poignant moment. Considering he had blocked himself off. It's like riding a bike. You don't forget how to do it. It's been a while for him. Yeah, it's a little rusty. But it's also really sweet that the first time he reaches out, it's to his sister. That's sweet. Oh, Luke and Leia. I thought there was a missed opportunity to use Luke and Leia's theme, though. Ooh, doo, dee, dee. Although, no, it's not a missed opportunity because the the mo- the scene I cried in when I watched this movie the second time, and probably the third time, I legit cried a little bit when uh, Luke and Leia's theme shows up when they are reunited. Yeah, that's the best place for it. It's so good. Oh, that scene is so good. Oh, it's his boobs. Uh, <laughs> 
Is this the first time we've seen boobs in a Star Wars movie? Nope, nope. Revenge of the Sith, my friend. Uh, Hayden Christensen was cut in That's Revenge true, of the I Sith. I remember that now. Uh, and, but did we ever see boobs in the original trilogy? Um, I just like saying boobs. Uh, <laughs> I'm being really immature here. Um, I don't think we did. did really think about it. Uh no, I mean we saw some side. Well, I don't I know mean, what, what when Luke some... was in the uh, tank. Yeah, that's was there boobage? Was he co- was it covered or was I, there I a little know. boobage I'm there? I feel like there was. It's hard to see because yeah. it was kind of blurry in the water. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Mm. Uh, anyway, oh, we saw uh, Jabba the Hut. <laughs> we saw Jabba's boobs. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> the name of this episode. <laughs> it really should be. Uh, um, <laughs> I don't know why this is so funny to us. I don't know. I'm just picturing the name of the episode. I mean, that's last, the, the last show you come to talk Terry. about boobs in Return of the Jedi, it's usually not Jabba's. Jabba's boobs. It's usually somebody else's. <laughs> but, yeah. <laughs> anyway. Now, why um, do they have him shirtless? It's a, it's really dumb. Let's be honest. Like, even the joke of like, ah, oh, you should put your shirt back on, uh, because he's not, he's not that kind of character. I could see that kind of joke being funny with like a Han Solo type of character. Is it supposed to be a joke? I mean, I didn't find it funny. It just was no, like, no, it got like a little laugh the way she says it. There's like a comedic timing to it, like she averts her eyes. Right? It's kind of supposed to be funny. Um, but listen, I for one am offended by the uh, objectification of the male body. And uh, I'm, no, I'm kidding. Um, it is kind of funny. Here's the weird hole again of darkness and the scene that I still can't make sense of. Can you please explain to me this scene? What's happening? She's she's found a hole to the dark side. She's just jumping in. There's like water. She falls in. But like, what's the significance here? I guess the significance is she's nobody, right? That's the sort of preview of the confrontation with Kylo moment. Well, I, I haven't is really that spent a lot. Yet? I don't know. I haven't spent a lot of time thinking about it, but I am the, now because the visuals of the scene are very much akin to the cave. But the scene in Empire has a very distinct and specific message to it. The message is Luke, be careful. Uh, because you could become that what you're fighting. Yes. That which you're fighting. You can become Vader. Yes. Um, here, what's the lesson? Is that you're nobody? Well, le- first of all, when she in, earlier in the film, when she sees that hole, it's something that's evil, something on the dark side. Yeah. Okay. So why is this dark side presence, this dark side cave, maybe? Uh, why is it on this island where the Jedi start? Like, <sighs> I don't know. Like, why this cavern? And yeah, why these images? I, I, hmm. I'm looking for help, but I can't. It's, it's weird. It's a weird scene for Star Wars. There we go, I can snap too. Um. And then the voiceover starts, like she's talking to someone about her experience. She knew it was leading somewhere. But at the end, there was nothing. And so is the Force sort of showing her nothing. Which, I guess, is it is a preview of her parents coming from nowhere. They were just a junk trader. They traded you in for drinking money. Uh, I was just checking my timer there, making sure the recorder's still going. We are still good to go, Gucci. 
I even do love like the sh two shadowy figures there. It's really Ryan Johnson twisting the knife of getting your hopes up that it's the parents and it'll be revealed. Do you want to know who Ray's, pa Ray's parents are t right now to this day? Is that something you want to find out in um, whatchamacallit? I, I don't know if it's about... In episode well, nine? I, I don't know if that's really the right question to ask me. It's not that, I, oh, I want to really know who her parents are. It's more of, like, watching this scene and the f later when Kyler's like, your parent, you, you come from nothing. It's almost, to me, tells me that she did come from nothing. That she, not to sound like Anakin not having a father type of thing, but it's almost like, did, does she even have parents? Like, the dr junk dealers almost sounds to me as if these were people that maybe found her and raised her, and they were nothing, but they're not really her I think that's what biological parents. Because this, you know, her coming and asking, show me my parents, it didn't show her her parents. It showed her her. Yeah. It's like she's a reflection of, she's seeing her own reflection. Like, what, is that saying she's her own parents, or is it saying that the Force made her or I don't know it's I, I yeah I that's exactly what your thought process that you just went through out loud was just me being like weird I me mean, I don't understand it either this like that's what I'm getting like I feel like there's something more to her than what we know and I think that's definitely where they're going I think it's sort of it's gonna be Kylo didn't lie her adopted parents were junk trade junk dealers who traded her off for drinking money but she, there's going to be some special significance to her because that's Star Wars. And I think that's more what J.J. Abrams would do in Episode Nine. But it also gets to that problem of the inconsistency of Force Awakens to Jedi. Man, he can really use the Force now. 